If you have your Westover app and you'd like to join me, or if you have your Bibles, uh, you can join me. Open up the Old Testament, the book of Joshua. I'm beginning a series this week in Wednesday nights. This month, I'm going to be on a series entitled Coming Soon. And I want to lean into 2018, and I want to kind of prime our hearts for what God would do in 2018. Something good is coming. God is going to do something, and I want your heart to lean into that. This evening, I want to talk upon this subject, ask for tomorrow. Ask for tomorrow. In the 1950s in American history, it's recorded, it was in the height of the Korean War. The Marines were on the peninsula in Korea fighting an enemy that was outnumbering them. They were in the middle and beset by a bitter Korean winter. They were overwhelmed by the battle. And there was a moment in the Korean War, it's recorded in American history, a war correspondent walked up to an American soldier who was leaning on the leeward side of a tank. His clothes were bloodied from the battle. His beard was encrusted with ice. And the war correspondent asked him this question. If I was God and could give you anything for Christmas, what would you ask for? His incredulous face looked at that war correspondent. And with a phrase that seemed to take forever, he said, I would ask for tomorrow. I would ask for tomorrow. If I was going to put a wish and a prayer in your heart this evening, it would be that you would ask for tomorrow. Some of us are living in yesterday. We're living in the past. Yesterday will only have remorse and regret. Some of you right now are in the middle of, I wish I could have, and I wish I should have, and I could have, and I did. I, I, you're in remorse and regret of the past. Would you ask for tomorrow? Some of us are caught in the thicket of the day. And that means responsibility and routine. You're just in that all the time. You can't hardly plan anything. You're just caught and you're always saying, how much I have to do right now. Could you ask for tomorrow? I'm going to invite you and I as believers, you and I as, as family members to ask for tomorrow. If you will join me in the book of Joshua in the Old Testament, chapter number 3. In chapter number 3, we're going to read the verses that are going to take God's people, the Hebrew people, into the promised land. Let me set the scene. They have come out of Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. Moses, by God's direction, stabbed a staff in the ground and uttered the words to Pharaoh, let my people go. God would intervene with a series of miracles and finally the will and the stubbornness of Pharaoh was broken and God brought his people out. They would walk through the wilderness 40 years due to their disobedience. 
40 years eating the sand and enduring the heat. They heard the promise of God's land of promise, but they have not inherited it yet. The place that we're reading is the day before they enter the promised land. They are on the threshold of their tomorrow. The next day, their tomorrow will come. The next day they enter the promise and the next day they put the past behind it. The next day they get out of the routine of just surviving in the wilderness. The next day they step into the promised land. Which brings me to verse number one in following in Joshua chapter three. It says, early in the morning Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to Jordan. There they camped before crossing over. After three days the officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people. When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priest carrying it, you are to move from your own positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But set a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourself for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. Let me put that in your spirit tomorrow. God's going to do amazing things among you. God has a tomorrow for every broken heart. God has a tomorrow for every struggling family. God has a tomorrow for you. And I'm going to ask you and inspire your heart tonight to ask God for your tomorrow. In these verses from the journey of God's people in the wilderness, I want to deposit on our heart three thoughts right out of the text. They speak so vividly and so practically to us. The first one I want to share with you is stop looking at where you are and start looking at where you're going. Stop looking at where you're at and start looking at where you're going. Here they are after 40 years in the wilderness. They're on the brink of the Jordan River. Tomorrow they're going to go into the promised land. They're camped right there. And God said, when you see the ark, get up and follow it. Then you will know the way to go. They have just been rooting around, moping in the wilderness for way too long. And God said, your tomorrow is going to come. And when your tomorrow comes, stop looking at where you are and start looking at where you're going. When you see, then you will know. When you see, then you will know. You say, I don't know what to do. I I, I don't see where the opportunity is because you're not seeing your tomorrow. When you see, then you will know. Stop looking at today and start looking at tomorrow. Start looking at where God is taking you. You know something amazing? Ever so often you'll hear this on the evening news. You'll come home, you'll turn on the news, and there'll be something on the internet or something on the television, and it'll say, here in whatever region, it's usually in a place like Florida, all of a sudden a sinkhole opened up and the street was swallowed. Sometimes you'll see a car just halfway kind of dangling in a sinkhole, and then sometimes that sinkhole, you'll see it just growing, and it's, it's encompassed a house, and then all of a sudden you say, the sinkhole, 
is growing. There's a house in there, and the next house is about to fall in there. They've all of a sudden condemned half of a block right there. And this house, just this cavity that's underneath the ground just all, all of a sudden opens up. Here several years ago, four or five years ago, a, a whole house was swallowed. The man and everything, they never found him. It just all of a sudden sank into this this sinkhole. I don't know about you, that's kind of a little intimidating, isn't it? Just the fact that the ground could swallow you up right there. Well, I'm not talking about sinkholes right now. I want to talk to you about sinkholes. Sinkholes. Some of us, our sinkhole is a sinkhole. We are looking at where, where we are now and we do not see where we're going. And some of us are so caught in the in what's going on, and you, you're in a thinkhole. You you go to lunch and you just stare out in space. You just stare at your sandwich. You just stare at the computer screen. You just stare, and you're you're kind of daydreaming. You're kind of in this zone. You're you're in a a thinkhole, and and you're just going how bad it is and how how difficult it is. You know, doubt can be a thinkhole. Yeah, yeah, doubt. I doubt it would work out. I doubt it would happen. There's no use calling. There's no use doing. There's no, there's no use waking up. There's no use doing that. There's no use to that. And you can just get in this doubt of a, of a thinkhole. Hopelessness can become your think hole. Hopelessness. You just get where you shut down. And when you have hopelessness, the, 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 the characteristic that begins to manifest is apathy. You just don't want to do anything. You don't want to get out of bed. You don't want to drive. You don't want to make this. You don't want to do that. Just apathy. You become apathetic about everything. And then it'll take you down to a place. Doubt will take you to hopelessness. And hopelessness will take you to a place of despair. Soren Kierkegaard called despair. He says it is spiritlessness. Spiritlessness. Where your spirit your spirit literally had just has leaked out of you. Spiritlessness, the inability to hear God, sense God. Hope and faith is not in you in, anymore. Spiritlessness, just, just despair. You can despair about things. You can get into that mentality and that, that think hole. How do you know if you're in a think hole? You're in a think hole if every time somebody says try, you say I can't. Well, try, I can't. Try this, but I can't. I, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough energy. I, there's no use trying it. It won't work, and it won't. Every time anything prompts you to do something and take an action that's better, you give a reason why you couldn't and shouldn't and won't do it. What's wrong? You're looking at where you're at, and you're forgetting where you're going. 40 years in the wilderness and God speaks to God speaks to Joshua you need to stir these people up you just don't get them up t tomorrow and get going they're, they're going to question they're going to be they're going to be in all kinds of confusion they've been in the they've been in the sinkhole of the wilderness way too long you need to tell them consecrate yourself get ready for tomorrow 
God's going to do amazing things among you. You're going to go away. You've never gone before. And I want to put that in your life. Your, your think hole is telling you you can't do it. But tomorrow, God's going to take you to a place you've never been before. You say it can't happen. You say it won't happen. You say it's unbelievable. You say you just don't have it within you. Tomorrow, you can go a place you've never been before. Start early on your tomorrow. Can I encourage you? What does the Bible say in verse number one? Early in the morning. Did you notice that? Verse number one, early in the morning. Start your tomorrow early. Start your tomorrow early. Don't be the last one to show up. Be the first one. I I remember when I was a a little boy at home. I, I have two brothers. I have an older brother and a younger brother. I'm right in the middle or a year and a half apart. Uh, every one of us, but my older brother at Christmas time, I mean, Christmas time, it was, we wanted to get up and see what our gifts were going to be under the tree. My older brother always got up early, but he never would wake us up. He would get up and he would go play with our toys. He would get our stuff and he would play with our toys. And then after a while, he would come wake us up and say, guess what you got for Christmas? Guess what? I've already... And he's already played with our toys before he would wake him. Just me. Oh, I-, I, wanted, I wanted to be the first one to play with my toys. Here's what I'm saying. Get up early. Go at it. Don't drag into something. Don't mope into something. By faith say, guess what? God has a tomorrow for me. God has a tomorrow for me. And tomorrow I'm going to go away I've never been before. Don't discount yourself because of the past. God's not leading you into the past. God's leading you into a future. You're going to go away you've never been before. Stop looking at where you're at and start looking at where God is taking you. There's a tomorrow for you. There's a tomorrow for us. Number two I want to share with you. What you're willing to walk away from determines what God will bring to you. What you're willing to walk away from determines what God will bring to you. Verse number three, it says, here's what the Lord says. You give the people an order, not a suggestion, (laughs) not an option. Give them an order. When you see the ark, follow it. Go after it. And it says in that last phrase of verse number three, you are to move from your position and follow it. You are to move from your position and follow it. God is giving very specific orders. Move from your position and follow it. What is he saying? You have to be willing to walk away from your position, how you think about things, things you hold on to, grievances, memories, issues, a former relationship, a former connection, whatever. You have to be willing to walk away from it in order for God to bring something new and fresh into your life. Some of us, perhaps we felt shortchanged by God. God, why is it you bless them? God, why is it you bless them? God, why is it you favor them? Could it be 
Could it be God hasn't brought something into our life yet? Because there's something we haven't walked away from. What would God want us to walk away from in order to step fully into his purposes? Huh. Think about that. Is there, is there, a, is there an unhealthy relationship that we're connected to that God says you'll never kick, you'll, that'll never take you into the future? Hmm? Is, 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 it a, is it a lifestyle issue? We keep excusing and we keep telling ourselves, God just has got to get used to this. This is who I am. This is just who I am. But we no doubt deep inside, it's not what God wants us to be. And we're going to have to walk away from it. How about a wrong belief system? How about a wrong belief system? Young adults, hear me. Hear my heart. If you're in a dating relationship with somebody whose belief system is wrong, there's no such thing as dating evangelism. Okay? Yeah. Sometimes we can have a wrong belief system. There is a prevalent belief system in America. I'm going to call it eBay theology. What is eBay eBay theology? We tell God what we're willing to pay for what we want. Oh, God, that? Oh, it's only worth this much to me, God. If I get it, that's all right. If I don't, that's all right. But this is all. We, We don't want the price tag on it. We don't want to pay God's price. We don't want to pay God's price. So we're going to bid in at a lower price. Oh, yes, God. A relationship without marriage. I want, to, I, I want to have family without marriage. I'm just going to bid. The Bible calls that sin, okay? But we want to bid in at it. We, we, we want to do it without. We want to live together and, and, not, and not be married. We want to. We want to have certain areas of our life and we want to bid it down lower to what we're comfortable with. I call that eBay theology. God is saying, and there's something you've got to walk away from. And that walking away from determines what God is able to bring to us. What would it be? What would it be? A practice, a thought, a lifestyle, an attitude. Oh, attitudes. Sometimes, sometimes we believers, we, we look at our life, we say, I don't do this crime, I don't do this crime, I'm, the, I, I'm not addicted to prescription drugs, and we go down the long list of things. But boy, can we harbor attitudes. Attitudes. There's something God is saying to walk away from in order for God to bring something to us. And that's exactly what he says in verse number three. You are to move from your position and follow it. But I believe this. This is where I was raised. You are to move from your position. Well, I really believe God wants. I know the Bible says it this way, but I really believe it this way. You are to move from your position and follow God. 
There is something we've got to walk away from in order to experience what God is going to bring us into. Number three, number three. Start doing today what you want to be tomorrow. Start doing today what you want to be tomorrow. Verse number five, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. We could even put in the verse there today. Consecrate yourself today for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. What is he telling them? Start today. Isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting? The, what, what does consecrate yourself mean? What, what, what does that mean, Pastor? The, the practice of consecrating yourself was actually a, a, a practice that Jews went through a time of cleansing. They would clean their clothes and put on clean clothes. They would bathe in what's called a mikvah. It would be what you and I call a baptismal tank. They would walk in. They would completely disrobe. And they would walk in. You don't touch anything. No, no handles. You don't touch. You don't touch a person coming in. You would walk in a certain way and you walk out a certain way. You go into the water. You dip into the water. And then you come out. You don't touch anything. And it was a form. It was a symbol of cleansing. You and I would call it a baptismal tank. But it's actually called a mikvah. They would go in and they would cleanse their body. Then they would put on fresh, clean clothes. That was what was called consecrating yourself. And God was saying, when you do that, get ready. It's a new moment. It's in a new thing. And God, what's, what's interesting about this, God says, consecrate yourself today. For tomorrow, God is going to do wonders among you. In other words, start acting today what you want to be tomorrow. Typically, you would consecrate yourself on the day of. You would consecrate yourself on the particular ceremonial day. But this time, this time God says, do it a day early. Start a day early and consecrate yourself for tomorrow. God's going to do amazing things among you. Start today. Why would God have you start today? Just thinking in next year, coming up 2018, what you're praying for next month, next year, your career, when you finish school at the end of this semester, when you finish school at the end of the, your degree is done. What, what do you say, God, then, then, then I'm going to do it. Start today. When I meet the right person, then we are going to start today. When we get the bills paid off and when we get this thing settled, start today. We have all of these. We're going to do it later on. God is saying start today. Begin it now. Have you ever wondered, have you ever noticed something that when a team wins a championship game, like, like the the Houston Astros recently won the World Series. Did you catch any of the games? I, I, I caught that last game. I mean, it was a, that last game and waiting down to the last inning and then all of a sudden the Astros were, were world champs, the World Series. Did you notice something? The moment, the moment the game is over, the confetti cannons going, the fireworks are going, the players have these hats on that say, 
Astro World's Champs. Did you notice that? Did you know that right after that, you could go down to Academy and they have those shirts and those caps then? Oh, I know what they did. They waited till the end of the game was over to see who won. And they, as soon as the score was over, say, get them ready. Get them ready. We're going to have people show up here in about 15 minutes. And in 15 minutes, they just, they had all of those T-shirts manufactured and ready to go, right? No. Why? They had them already done. Correct? They had them already done. I mean, the moment the game is over, people, they say Academy, the line was blocks long at Academy in Houston to get a Astros World Series t-shirt and hat. Well, what's that all about? Start today what you want to be tomorrow. Here's what I'm saying. Go ahead and put the t-shirt on for what you believe God's going to do in your life. Go ahead and put the t-shirt on. Go ahead and declare it. <laughs> Go ahead and do it. What are you saying? Just, just start saying, you know what? You know what? We're getting back together and we're going on a second honeymoon. Wait a minute. You two are still fussing and fighting. I know it, but we're putting the t-shirt on. We're just going to start acting today what we're going to be tomorrow. You say, man, I want to do, I just really want to, I want, I want next year to be the best year in our marriage, what we've ever had. Why don't you go ahead and go ahead and put a vacation on the calendar. Go ahead and get that cruise brochure out, circle the dates, Put a hundred dollar deposit. Well, wait a minute. We're not, we're not sure we're ready to spend, uh, seven days in a cabin together. We are, we're not, we're I'm not sure we're fully committed to that. Go ahead and put the t-shirt on. Start today what you want God to do in your tomorrow. Go ahead and consecrate yourself. Believe God for it. Start tart typing your resume today for the career God's going to give you tomorrow. Begin to tithe now for the blessing God's going to give you tomorrow. Start today. Say, God, in faith, I'm going to do it because you've got a tomorrow you're leading me into, a tomorrow that's going to come. The word maybe is not a strategy. Maybe is not a strategy. An indefinite decision never brings a conclusion or a goal in our life. And some of us, our life plan is, is capsulated in the word maybe. We'll see. We'll see. You planning vacation next year? We'll see, maybe. Are you gonna spend time with the kids next year? Maybe, we'll see. Are you gonna be more in tune with God next year? Well, we'll see. Well, are, are you going to look for a better job next year? Well, we'll see. Are you going to get a raise next year? Well, we'll see. Are you, are you going to finish school? You're, you're in your last, the last 12 hours. You're going to finish in the next semester? We'll see. Some of us are living a maybe. Maybe is not a strategy. I'm inviting you to step forward and begin to act upon it. Put the t-shirt on. Start today. We spend our life either preparing or repairing. You choose. Do you want to spend your life repairing or preparing? You choose. 
Start today for what you want God to do in your life uh, tomorrow. And allow me for just a moment. And this wrap-up moment, I want to talk to you about 2018. Can I do it for a moment, Westover? Just allow me to unpack. Let me tell you what God's going to do amazing things among us tomorrow. And I'm speaking about as we move into 2018, what God has for us. First off, we're going to start 2018 in the month of January. There are five Wednesdays, five Wednesdays in January 2018. We're going to designate every Wednesday in 18 as a day of fasting and prayer. I'm going to invite you to fast one day a week throughout the month of January. In fact, the Wednesday night series throughout the month is going to be on fasting and prayer. And the pre-service prayer, we're going to energize it. I'm going to invite you to come that 30 minutes before the Wednesday service. And we're going to just concentrate 30 minutes of prayer. And then we're going to be teaching and preaching on fasting throughout the month. And we're going to invite you to join us in a time and a season of fasting in the new year. Expecting God's best. Our theme for 2018, I always give us a theme. This year was the year of connection. 2018, you're the first one I'm announcing to. This Wednesday night, you're the first one to hear this from me. The others will be hearing it in weeks to come, but you're the first ones to hear this. We're designated 2018 to be the year of stronger families. We are starting off the year preaching on stronger families. We are going to teach. We're going to preach. We're going to believe. We're going to fast. We're going to try to get us into into marriage enrichment classes. The weekend messages for the first two months of the year, January and February, is how to build, sustain, and have a strong family. How to have the family God wants us to have. Because I tell you, Satan is trying to destroy the most important relationship you have, and that's your family. Dividing parents from children. Dividing mom from dad, bringing divorce, polarizing us in our spiritual walk. He's trying to destroy that one relationship God says represents his relationship between us. And that is marriage, Christ and the church. God loved the church. He, he married the church. The first thing we do when we get to heaven is we go to the marriage supper of the land and everything God creates, Satan wants to destroy. And he's doing that in America today. We are going, we're going to go on a crusade against the destruction of the family in 2018. And we're calling 2018 the year of stronger families. In February, we're going to have the Stronger Men's Conference. See if you can get a theme to this. Stronger Families, our theme. February, Stronger Men's Conference. March, we're going to have a Stronger Family Conference. Are you getting the theme there? Are you beginning to get the theme of what we want, we're wanting to do? We're going to call you. We're going to call families to set aside that first weekend of March, that Friday and Saturday, and come together and just say, God, I'm going to invest in my family. If you're working, I'm going to ask you right now, take the day off work. Take a day's vacation. 
if you have to in order to come to that. Your family is worth it. Your family is worth it. And we got to fight for our family if we're going to hold on to our family. The Stronger Family Conference. And then, gentlemen, I'm going to invite you to be a part of our gathering of men. And this year, from March to November, I met with the men one Wednesday night a month. I'm continuing that in 2018, starting in February. Starting in February. The first one in January, I'm going to be in Africa, but we're going to start in February. Starting in February, the first Wednesday, the first Wednesday of every month throughout 2018. We're going to be together, guys, in a gathering of men if you want to be a part of that. I'm going to be with the men in another room, and my desire and my intention, men, is to speak the life, the challenge of God into your heart, to train men, to disciple men, to be priests of their home, to be leaders in their home, to be spiritual leaders, to be men of integrity, to be godly men on the job, to be godly examples to their kids, to stand against temptation, to not follow the way of the crowd and not, not live that life, not just be, like, not be just the average bleacher guy that fades into the spiritual woodwork and is not making a difference in his family to call men out to be men of God in 2018. And I invite men to join me in that, to be men of God. I call this our gathering of men. 2018, we're going to go on a journey. Church family, Westover, you join me. Join us on this journey. Tomorrow, tomorrow, God's going to do amazing things among us. Tomorrow, God's going to do amazing things for you. Start today becoming what you want to be tomorrow. Agree with Scripture. I'm going to consecrate myself. So I'm going to get ready. If I have to... Walk away from something in order for God to bring something to me. I'll do that. I'm going to stop looking at where I'm at. And I'm going to start looking at where I'm going. Because I want God to do something new and fresh into my life. With that in mind, I'm going to invite you to stand together with me now. Would you join me? And I'm going to invite us. I'm going to invite us to pray. And could I do something? Could I invite guys, fellas, would you join me? Would you join me and be the first ones to say, to echo this in your heart? Would you join me and lead out in this prayer? Would you join me, guys, your voices right now? Ladies, you can pray with us. But guys, would you speak your prayer? Could your wife, could this church, could this church family hear the men declare that? from their voice. You don't have to scream and I, uh, you don't have to, uh, you, if you want to, you're, you're welcome to. But I just, the voice of men saying, God, I'll follow you. Join me right now. Father, we thank you. We thank you as people of faith. Westover, God, we're asking you for tomorrow. Give us a tomorrow. God, give us a new beginning. Give us men with a passion for God. 
Give us families, Lord, where they're restored and healed. God, do a fresh work in marriages. Do a fresh restoration in homes. God, do something special in hearts. Move by your spirit. God, honor our desire. We know something's coming. And we're asking you for tomorrow. We're asking you, God, to take us out of routine. Take us out of regret. Take us out of just maintaining. God, take us into a deeper, a, 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 a deeper experience with God, a better family, a better marriage. We ask this, Lord. We claim this. We speak that over Westover. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let it be. In Jesus' name. Hear that devil in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being with us. You're dismissed.